Hi, and welcome back to Reclaiming Reality. My name is Ben, and today we are going to talk about church and why church is kind of boring and why it's not all that exciting. And if you are a non-Christian, you might want to tune out of this one, but I'll ask you not to because have you noticed there's a church on pretty much every street corner? They are absolutely all over the place. I don't know if you know this, but over 60% of Americans profess to be Christians and over 20% of Americans self-report to attending a church service every week. So, like it or not, knowing what is going on inside of your Christian communities and inside of the Christian church is actually going to have an impact on your life. So it's a good thing to learn about, and it's a good thing to know about. So I'll ask you to stick around. For my Christians, this is pretty much for you too. So let's dive in, shall we? I've been thinking a lot about why church has gotten a little boring. There's an author named John Eldridge, and in his New York Times best-selling book, Wild at Heart, he says something to the tune of, look around at a Christian man in the church today. What is he? Boring. He's bored. He's not excited. He's not riveted. He says, compare the last time that you saw a James Bond thriller movie to the last Bible study you went to. Which captured your heart better? Which excited you? Which had your heart pumping? Which had you hopeful and looking forward to the future? And it's kind of a bizarre comparison because once you realize that, it's like, wow, what's wrong with us? Like, why are we kind of bored? What's going on? So that's what I want to talk to today. I want to figure out why this has happened, and then hopefully talk some solutions as to what can we do about this crisis that we find ourselves in of kind of mundanity. So I think the first reason is we don't have a bad guy anymore. There have been such monumental strides through church history because we were up against such massive opponents. So for instance, to use an analogy... Um, I'm going to assume you've seen Lord of the Rings, because if you haven't, you're a bad person. Um, Lord of the Rings. Imagine Frodo gets the ring, right? He has to go throw it in Mount Doom. Imagine there's no orcs or Sauron, and he just has to throw the ring in there, and he just kind of like walks in, and he's like, sweet, (laughs) I crashed it. Um, Imagine Harry Potter, and there's no Voldemort. It would just be kind of Harry Potter. He would just kind of grow up. And I mean, there'd be some fun Quidditch, but that's about it. Like when we take, like stories are only epic because of opposition. And now that the church has made such incredible strides, like the the pilgrims who came to America were actually searching for religious freedom. They just wanted to come here and worship God. And by the grace of God, they did it. That's amazing. They came here and they set up a country and here we are. And it's such a beautiful blessing. There have been so many struggles and, and, and battles, literal battles fought over this. Back when the apostles were first getting started, if you're not familiar with churchy lingo, basically apostles are the people who hung out with Jesus. Apostle and disciple, pretty, pretty similar for, for the purpose of this discussion. So back then, Jesus you know, does the whole rise from the dead thing, goes back to heaven, and then the apostles set out to set up the church. Dude, they got boiled in oil. They got killed left and right. They were tortured. They were thrown in prison. Like, their lives were awful, but they 
wrote as if they loved them. They were like, oh, but it's, it's fine. Like I, you, I, we all are going to get persecuted for the sake of this, but blessed are you when you are persecuted for the sake of this. And it's just like, man, that is such a cool perspective. And they had this huge adventure to live this huge battle of right before Jesus left. He said, go out to all the world and tell them about me. And they were like, we're on it, man. And they went. And the problem is most people in the church today are sitting around like, but we went like they're looking around like now what, man? Like we have sent missionaries to every corner of the world. I mean, there's still a few unreached people groups, but even those, like every single one, there is a group with a strategy to reach them. It's, it's like we did what we set out to do, and then we got persecuted, and then we set up communities where we could worship Jesus, and we did that too. So now what? I think that's the question. This all started because I was, I was writing in my journal, and I wrote the question, what does the church with no opposition do, you know? So now what? I think that's the question kind of plaguing everyone. And, and hopefully it's obvious that I'm not upset. I'm not complaining over the fact that we have all of these material blessings and freedom. It's, of course, an amazing thing. But I have realized something that usually the sequel movie is lame right? Like you have this first movie and it's so epic and it's, it's the beginning of something so cool. And then the movie does well and the directors are like, and we could get more money. And then the next movie isn't as good because like, where do you go from there? Like they already told the story. So the story's been told. And I think that's the reason that church is boring because there's not a unifying mission. There's not like, Hey guys, we exist to do this. It used to be, we exist to tell the unreached peoples to, to spread the gospel throughout the world. And now people are like, well, we exist to be nice guys. Like that's, that's like our goal is to be the nicest guy in our office setting. And I'm sorry, I don't wake up to be a nice guy. Like that's not what gets, gets me out of bed in the morning. There has to be more to this thing. So Christians are getting bored. I think Matthew 8, 28, um, or excuse me, Ephesians 6, 12, um, has a really interesting take on this. Ephesians 6, 12 says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Weird verse, right? I get it. Bizarre verse. But what we see there is we don't like this stuff, our flesh, like other people. That's not what we're actually fighting against. There is something deeper to the battles that go on in our lives. And I think that there's one horrifying, sad, heartbreaking piece of data that really hammers this home to me. And that's that suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in America. And it's, it's just the saddest thing that, guys, we are the most materially prosperous country on the face of the planet or in history. 
Like never before have grocery stores been a thing. Never before have you had central air and central heating. Never before can you get in a car and drive hundreds of miles and go wherever you want. Never before have we had medicines and vaccines and things that can save us from disease. Never before, fill in the blank, man. We are so materially materially blessed. It's unbelievable. And from that place of material blessing, we should just be the happiest creatures on earth. But we're not and we're not because there's more to you than just your flesh. That's what this verse is saying. You don't wrestle against flesh. It's like the struggle of your life isn't finding food and finding comfort. The struggle of your life is finding your mission and finding the purpose and finding the drive and the thing that makes you come alive and the thing that God has called you to. That is the purpose of your life. And our church is struggling to give that to you because we are so incredibly well off. We've made Christianity about getting things. It used to be, it was about giving. It was about giving to your community. It was about giving to your friends. It was about reaching out. And now it's become we go to 500 different churches in order to pick the right one, the one that just perfectly suits us. And then we go and we sit there and we expect our coffee to be hot. Man, Christians used to get crucified, not coffee. And now we're complaining about the temperature of the coffee. And we sit and when the pastor says something that doesn't like 100%, that like 98% aligns with our doctrine, we get upset. And we get upset because there's no other battle to fight, man. That's the battle. And we better go fight it. Because if we're not going to fight this battle, what battle are we going to fight? It's like, well, his take on predestination, I'm a little bit more on the Armenian side personally, but he got a little bit Calvinistic there at the end of that rant. It's like, dude, there are bigger fish to fry, but we don't know that there are bigger fish to fry. So these are the only fish. (laughs) I don't know why I kept talking about fish there, but I think you see my point. And if you feel what I'm saying right now. If, if you see this as a problem in the church, I think it's because we've all, I, I don't know if lied to is the right way to say it. Well, no, it is. Someone has lied to you. Someone has lied to me. Someone has told us that there is a small game to be played, that the goal of being a Christian is to be a good dude. Like that's life. It's like grow up and be as moral as you can and give your 10% to the church and everything's going to be fine. But there's more to the game. The battle has not changed. We, we feel like the battle has changed, but let's go back to that verse. The war is against the principalities of the air. He means the spirits, right? And that is the level on which we are fighting. External circumstances don't matter near as much as people's souls. And as long as you have a neighbor or if I have a neighbor that doesn't know Jesus, there is still a battle to fight. That's what we do now. We need to hit our knees, man, because the Bible says that there is power in prayer. It says that in your weakness, he is made strong. So guys, if you are feeling bored with church, then you need to get on your knees. If you are feeling bored with church, then you need to step out of your comfort zone and start witnessing to people and stop hoping that everyone notices that you're so magically unique and different and just comes to you and asks you to share the gospel. And then you present it to them on a platter and you're like, oh my gosh, the perfect opportunity. Stop waiting for the perfect opportunity. You are the perfect opportunity because you are filled with the 
gospel of Jesus. You are filled with the light who came into the world. Go get it. Stop telling yourself you don't have the gift of evangelism or you don't have the gift of teaching or you don't have the gift of service or you don't have this gift. You don't have that gift. You are the gift. God has filled you up with his spirit. And yes, some people are empowered to do things more than others, but that doesn't mean you are never called to do that thing. Because until everyone on the planet knows the peace of waking up in the middle of the night, but having Jesus when the doubts come, until everyone knows the peace that comes when a loved one dies and you can rejoice in the midst of death because you know they're spending eternity with a good, good God, until everyone knows the freedom and the peace that comes from that relationship, until every friggin' person on the planet knows what that's like. The battle has not been finished yet. We are still to get out there and we are still to fight. There is still a purpose. There is still a story. It, this should not be boring. And if it's boring, we're doing it wrong. And we should be pushing ourselves. And we should be begging the Lord for strength and humility and courage in order to enter into this fight in a way that is going to bring him glory. Guys, this is so important and I hope you get out there and I hope this encouraged you and I hope you get after it because there is so much more to you than you ever could know because the Lord has put it inside of you. It is him who is going to do this, not you if you trust him. And that's why we need to start this by hitting our knees and falling on our faces because we are insufficient, but he is not. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Ben. Please join us again on Thank you.